This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey friends, Dan here, Elk Shape. Hope you're having a great week. Let's get right to it. We're going to have Dr. Ward, a.k.a. Preston, a.k.a. Mountain Physio, on the podcast today. He's got a doctorate in physical therapy. He's a physio. He knows how to move. He knows how to prevent injury. He knows how to rehabilitate injuries. And as bow hunters, especially, I'm paranoid about my shoulders or any injury. I never want to be on the sidelines. I want to be a participant, not a spectator. And as the older we get, there is a, a longer list of due diligence that we need to perform to avoid being on the sidelines. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to get to know Preston's story. He's a bow hunter through and through. He's actually a wealth of knowledge. He's got some exciting news and uh, we're excited to have him. He's uh, This has been a long time coming and uh, maybe you've met him. He does show up at a lot of total archery challenges uh, and he does a lot of treatment right there on site. But if you've never had an injury and you're young and invincible, well, that's not going to last forever. So listen up. This is a good one. appreciate your support. You have a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. Thanks for choosing us. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast Season 6 with your host, Dan the Fitness Man. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited to have you. This is the podcast that is dedicated to hard work, disciplined decisions, and year-round training in the pursuit of the best possible version of ourselves. We leverage elk hunting to create a pathway. We understand that time is finite and we cannot squander a second. We must be leaders at our home. We understand that faith is our number one priority. Then family, then fitness, then health, then wealth. Our year-round disciplined decisions help us leave a legacy for our family to follow. You will leave here motivated, inspired, and educated. We bring on a wide variety of guests subject matter experts so that you can tune in get what you need to get and continue on your journey we are blessed to call ourselves elk hunters season six here we go what's up man how are you i'm good how are you i'm doing well how's the audio great crystal is it good nice yeah my 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 internet's been weird today has it find myself saying that a little often a little too often but I do uh, upload quite a bit of stuff to the internet. Um, dude, thanks for making this happen. I know this wasn't the best time for you. Guys, this is Mountain Physio on Instagram, but um, probably known to his patients as Dr. Ward. I've met him as Preston. Um, but anyways, you are going to a lot of the total archery challenges, I noticed. are you? How many have you attended, and are you going to the Salt Lake City one? Yes, definitely going to the Salt Lake City one. That's what we call our home home base, home turf right there. And so we've done that for the last uh, three years. We've been at TAC in Salt Lake, and um, yeah, so this will be it'll be fun. It'll be in Solitude and Brighton. 
As far as how many we've been to, this is the first year that we've started traveling with them. So we traveled to Texas, we traveled to um, Montana, Colorado, and now we'll go to the last one here in Utah, which has been a super fun, um, super fun. Our purpose in going to Texas was primarily I have other therapists that I've hired that are, that are in different regions. And so, for instance, we went to Texas to kind of get that going for um, Dr. Miller, his name is Jacob, who works with me. And so we did that. And now I'm going to these other events because I do a lot of the Western parts. I, I see patients all over the country. But um, anyway, so it's been it's been really fun and been, been received really, really well. So that's been kind of cool. All right. So obviously you're a physio if you're Canadian or a physical therapist if you're American. Um, so you have a doctorate degree in physical therapy from where? Yeah, I received my doctorate at the University of Utah. So I grew up here in Salt Lake in Utah, started hunting from a super young age. Um, my background of kind of my clinic is I was at the archery. Um, I was at one of the pro shops for my graduation present with my doctorate. I got kind of, I got about a thousand bucks from my family to pool together to get me a bow. So I ended up um, purchasing a new bow with that money. And I was setting it up. People are complaining of shoulder pain. I said, man, someone needs to be doing something about this. There's a lot of good training advice, videos, information. There's a lot of information out there on the internet. Um, but some of it was, you know, not completely accurate, I'd say, or people saying, you know, it's a rotator cuff tear when it's not really a rotator cuff tear. And so I was like, light bulb, something went off and I was like, I need to be that person. And so I started up this practice four or five years ago and it's been going good. So have you literally been a bow hunter for about five years? No, I've hunted. I've been a bow hunter for 20 years. Um, so I've been a bow hunter for 20 years and I've hunted since I was, oh gosh. I mean, since I, as early as I can remember. Right. Um, how about you? Have you, did, uh, have you been a hunter your whole life pretty much since you were two, three years old? Or no? Uh, I remember following my dad around a lot when I was little. And yeah, I got my hunter safety when I was 10, but I didn't start bow hunting till I think 19 or 20. But um, yeah, I, w I wanted to get, go ahead. No, I was going to say that was, you know, the same as me. I mean, I started from a super young age. I always ask that question because it's always interesting. Um, people usually kind of fall into what they're parents did, you know, and stuff. But I think what's interesting, and maybe we'll get into this conversation is that it used to be like for us, for me hunting, even when I started bow hunting 20 years ago, it was like a weekend sort of deal, like the opener of the deer hunt. And, um, especially with my, 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 my dad, you know, it'd be go for the rifle deer hunt and that's about it. And then now it's turned into this you're, you're preparing or you're training or you're doing something 365 days a year. And that's, what's kind of cool about this practice that I'm running is it, it, it just fits into this mold of helping hunters, helping athletes, um, helping mountain athletes is what I call them. But yeah, I've been hunting since I was yeah bow hunting for 20 years. So it's, it's cool. Actually, here's a funny story, Dan is I, we, my brother and I, we put in for a limited entry unit here in Utah but we put in for what we thought was rifle. We accidentally drew the archery. We didn't own bows or anything. So we went and bought bows, practice. I think my draw, I'm not, and I'm not lying when I said this, I went to some shop and they set me up. Um, I know who, I know where it was, but they, they set me up and I swear my draw length was 31 inches. I was shooting like a factory arrow, not even cut down. Like I didn't anchor. So I, when I think back and I shot a bull, my brother and I, we both shot 350 bulls on that, um, on that hunt. So crazy how it all worked out. That's like I my quit. passion for bow hunting. Yeah. I quit. <laughs> it was like my passion for bow hunting right there. And, um, I was like, oh yeah, this is easy. And now I'm getting skunked a lot more now. Um, it's all fun, but, um, that was my passion for bow hunting. And when I think back of that, I'm like, man, how did I even, I shot a lot. I shot every day, but my anchor, like I didn't anchor at all. I had no anchor on my face. I probably anchored off the string and the peep a little bit, but other than that, I didn't. So kind of interesting how we get so technical now into all the, we're always tinkering, like you call it. Right. And it shot a, it shot a big bull. I did miss a few bulls, but it was fun. <laughs> mm, yeah, dude. Uh, 
I love that. I, I just picture you shooting a giant bull with a full-sized factory arrow, and it makes me laugh because in real life, neither one of us are mega giant human beings. No. Uh, which is why we're good at bow hunting. They can't see us. But Exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's cool, dude. Oh, man. Um, Speaking of elk tags, how are you sitting for this year? Man, this was a rough rough year for elk tags um i here in utah i picked up one so that's cool i'm excited about that but man i didn't draw deer and i I feel like i was joking at colorado tack because the week the day before colorado tack i got the final email saying unsuccessful so the last tag that i was holding out for which was a cow elk hunt i was unsuccessful so i was unsuccessful all around arizona all Montana, everything. I was unsuccessful everywhere. So it happens. I mean, it it is, I think this was a tough year. I feel like, but I ended up getting an elk tag. So I'm excited for that. I could, um, go to Colorado and do that, which I've thought about, but I've got a handful of tags. We're going to go to Pennsylvania this year and hunt whitetail, which will be super cool out of a tree stand. And, but as far as elk goes, I've got a good tag. And I think here in Utah, I just was scouting this last weekend and, um, my dad, he drew a really good elk tag this year. And my nephew, he drew a, his first um, archery bull tag here as well. So there'll be a lot of elk hunting for sure. I mm, may not be shooting one. I may not be shooting all of them, but I'll, I, I'll definitely, I'm going to, I'm going to put my effort into shooting one for sure. And I'll be helping other people. So that's, which is cool too. I love that. Uh, why tell hunting man, have you ever sat elevated and not moved a muscle? No, I, so the only time I sat elevated was in down in Texas, which you laugh at that. Cause it wasn't super elevated, but I sat, I, I went up into a, um, I don't know, like a, a, a stand or whatever. It wasn't a tree stand. It was a, what do you call those? I don't even know. Tower. A blind tower. And I remember almost falling out of that thing. I'm like, man, cause I was falling asleep. I'm like, this is not for me. This is sketchy up here, but, um, no, I'm pretty excited to sit a stand and everything. And, um, so that'd be cool. Yeah. I've never done that. I think that's, uh, I'm excited to hear how that goes for you because I, well, you'll see. I don't want to, I hope you have a deer, a big buck come in because there's levels to adrenaline. And for me, I am 10x shaky on whitetails, elevated, not moving a muscle. I swear they can hear you breathe out. Like if you exhale, I swear they can. So it's, uh, it's just really tense. 10 seconds is what I would say. And it's not like elk hunting. It's not like stalking a bedded muley. It's it's different. So I, I hope you get to experience the full buck fever. <laughs> you know, it's something that everybody should. Um, that's cool. All right. So I wanted to ask you, um, how do people avoid seeing you? Specifically our people, your niche people. You've carved out a niche. Um, bow hunters especially. I have an audience here that ages early twenties. I got guys in their fifties, sixties that listen to this podcast and older. Um, but they all are pretty like to listen to this podcast. You have to put up with me. I'm pretty intense. So assume that they're not just interested in bow hunting. They're pretty committed. How do, how do, how do we avoid seeing you? Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting way of putting that. Um, I got a cool story for you here soon, but, uh, how do you avoid seeing me? I would say putting in the time, you know, unfortunately, here's what I'm seeing and I'm running up. Um, I'm running into a lot right now. And I do this every single year is we're six weeks out from the hunt here. No, gosh, we're four weeks out from the hunt here in Utah. We're about six weeks out from September. Right. Um, and I'm getting a lot of calls right now. People, Hey, my shoulder really hurts. I've been shooting a lot. I've been going to these tacks, preparing them a lot of people, which has been very interesting and interesting, um, pattern I've been seeing is it's called, it's considered archer's elbow. Um, tennis elbow is the, is the name that most people know it by, but within the archery community and bow hunting community, it's called archer's elbow, similar thing, treat it similarly as well. Um, somebody said it's called archer's elbow because tennis is for is for wimps or something like that and i was like i don't know about that but yeah archery is cool um anyways so how people avoid seeing me really is i would say training early but not it's not so much just training damn um and for the listeners like it's not so much just training it's also paying attention to what's overload if that makes sense and so 
I see a lot of people who are not paying attention to that, um, to those, to that tissue response. That's ultimately my job, right? Is to kind of load someone up properly. If you load someone up too much, when I say load, um, it, it could be squats, anything like that. If you're, if you're doing too much load, then you, those knees will um, feel it, right? And that can cause patellofemoral pain. It can cause um, meniscus injuries. It can cause a lot of different things. Um, and so really training and watching and paying attention to that load, that's ultimately my job. And so I'd say for people to avoid seeing me, being very careful there. A lot of good trainers um, will, will pay attention to that. Sometimes I'm seeing, I'm running into a lot of people right now who are doing some of these really intense training programs. And they're coming to me because they end up having so much pain in certain, in certain aspects. And so it's, I mean, it's a catch 22. You got to train, you got to be preparing. Like we said, this is a, seems like it's a passion now that's 365 days a year. Um, but there's also that recovery piece. There's also that. And, and I think I saw you on one of your programs or one of your podcasts I was looking at, I think you, you call Sunday as your recovery day or something like that. And we, everyone needs to have some recovery time in there. Did that answer your That's question? Cool. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think, uh, let's, let's dig in on the elbow, man. Um, I've had a little bit of elbow flare up throughout the years. Uh, it's in the arm that is extended. It's in the arm that holds the bow. I would assume that's pretty common. And for me, the last time I had a flare-up was a couple months ago. I did I did push-ups with my feet elevated, and my hands were on kettlebell handles. And it was fairly narrow grip. I was like, oh, wow, this is a great variance of push-ups. Really, a lot of ROM, range of motion. I can go slow. I mean, it was about tension it's kind of in a hypertrophy phase holy shit two days later my elbows were like specifically my left but both both elbows were like flared up i had exceeded what the soft tissue was capable of like you know what i mean and whatever not like too much stress and then i couldn't really shoot my bow without a lot of pain and how i recovered and this is how I've worded it, and I want to know what I was doing. Could have been wrong too, Preston. But I would take the tendon and I would manipulate it. I would like think as my tendon as like saran wrap that was bunched up. And I was like, okay. And so I would, la- and I don't know which tendon it is, you'll have to say, but I would lengthen it and I would manipulate it and hold it at an extended position for 20, 30 seconds, five rounds. And then I would ice it hop in the hot tub, do some contrast, did that for a few days, laid low on shooting. The next week was good to go. And I haven't had any issues since, uh, was that similar to what you're seeing and was my protocols dumb (laughs) and shoot me straight? No, I, I mean, it worked. I think that's good. So I think that's a, that's a good protocol. I actually have a very specific protocol for this um, sort of issue as well, which is, which is similar. So there's definitely some soft tissue work. So I would consider what you were doing as you lengthened it, some, you know, active release techniques, different things like that. People will consider and call, um, soft tissue mobilization. So you can do a similar thing. So what we're talking about here, it's kind of the outside of your elbow where that bone is. Um, and you can even just like basically, right. Put pressure there, extend your arm. So you're really diving into those trigger points at a lot of these events, I do soft tissue techniques such as dry needling. I do scraping. I do cupping. I do all those things for all the clients here um, in the Wasatch Front here in Utah. But I also, when I do these um, calls and consultations across the country, I show people and I teach people these self-care techniques similar to what you're doing and what you're saying so that people can do it on their own. Um, and so whether you're just pushing on that but there's always a specific, like you said, unloading that. Oftentimes people, um, it happens in, in particular in archery. Oftentimes what I see is because with that bow arm that they're holding, if they're gripping that bow too hard, or if they were, like you mentioned, on kettlebells, gripping those pretty hard because it's a very unstable surface. And so you just overloaded those, those tendons too much. Um, 
you obviously need to give a little bit of break. That's where that ice heat contrast is good. I use, you've probably done this before too, um, ice cup massages, right? So if you use, if you freeze a, um, a Dixie cup, a styrofoam cup full of water, tear off the bottom and you can kind of massage that area for five, 10 minutes. It's really an intense way of cooling that down also to provide some analgesic effect to the, um, to the brain, to the, um, to the neuro, neuro, neuromuscular system that way as well. And then there's always a loading phase to it as well. So this is where you probably didn't need to load it as much because you're fit and strong and healthy. Other people, they may need to actually load that more. And so that's where people are like, I don't know, what do I need? What do I need to do? You know, it hurts really bad to load it. So they'll use like a one pound weight. Well, that's also not enough load to really um, stress those tendons enough. And so you may need to do a 10 pound weight. Now, 10 pound may be too much. And that's again, where I come into this as far as like, let's pay attention to what's too much and what's not enough. Yeah, no, I like that. I think if you're having some issues with your elbow and I'm going to talk to maybe the more mature athletes that listen to this podcast, please just go reach out, go get the protocol. Uh, even if you have to have a pay for a one hour consult, like just get the instructions Obviously, your digital, I would encourage that. And you young guys who are like, this is boring. This is never going to happen to me. I get it because I still feel pretty invincible myself, and I'm almost 42. I do. Like, I'm guilty of feeling invincible some days. Some days I don't. But I wanted to ask you, okay, we're looking at this from an archery standpoint. Shoulder blades, they're crazy, man. Upward rotation, downward rotation, protraction, retraction, elevation, depression, so many things attached there. Uh, and you as a physio, you look at shoulder blades and you can see a lot of things that are going to concern you. Um, and there's a lot of weaknesses and compensations that go on. How about you talk to us, Preston, from a low level, don't use too many big words, but like what can we do? as archers, bow hunters, and athletes to, I hate to use the word bulletproof, I'm going to steal that from crossover symmetry, but I love that term, bulletproof our shoulders. What are some of the best practices? Yeah, great question. Um, it may uh, put me out of a job, which is okay. Um, that's my that's my goal. I always say I want to work myself out of a job, but I don't think it necessarily it. will. <laughs> yeah. um, but as far as what you can do, I will say hands down, if you can do some of the rotational motions, external, external rotation, I just did an Instagram post on this just yesterday. Um, external rotation, all your rotator cuff exercises are going to be good for your shoulder. If we look at, if we break down the specific draw cycle, um, so the draw cycle is broken down into four phases. There's not too many. This is where I'm really passionate. I geek out on this is actually getting really objective data for archers and bow hunters. And so I'm in the process of trying to get a paper um, published on specific strength values that people need, because right now we just know people need to be strong or we right now we need to, we know people need to work on their rotator cuff or they need to work on their, if we think of the draw cycle, like I was saying, uh, that posterior deltoid is super important for that drawing phase. We think of everyone thinks of the rhomboids. The rhomboids are the are the archery muscles. Well, they are, but they also aren't. It's really more the it's more the deltoid, that mid trap, that posterior cuff that is getting you from the you know anchor basically. So putting your string, um, your uh, gosh, release. your release on your release on your D loop to getting back to full draw. That's really a whole bunch of muscles, but mostly that posterior deltoid. And so you could work your posterior deltoid, right? You could do some, um, now maybe I'm diving into some too many words right there, but you could do some flies. You could do some bent over rows, right? All those things are going to be targeting that specific area. Um, what I'm saying though, if, if we want to really prevent injuries, a lot of it looks at that rotator cuff and mostly just because as we age, our muscles, our tendons aren't as healthy. You're experiencing that, right? You know, you're, you're super healthy and stuff like that active, but you're experiencing that as well, where as you age, it, it's, you're seeing some of these kind of, um, 
injuries prevail, right? Or they're just little things that didn't phase you. Now they're starting to phase you. And a lot of it's because you'll start to see micro tears. We look from like a um, biological and really dive down deep into the scientific um, level of some of these injuries. You'll start to see micro tears in on imaging and stuff like that. It doesn't mean that people need, if they have shoulder pain, they need imaging. They actually probably need physical therapy before they do a lot of those things. But you'll start to see micro tears. You'll see less circulation. You'll see different changes um, in the in the structure of the tendon. And so, really doing some rotator cuff stuff is so good for your shoulder. This is going to tell you, which I think was really cool. Kind of goes along this line. This is uh, yesterday I had a, a client reach out to me. He reached out to me last week. Came to me yesterday, and um, his goal this year, he's never done it. He has a good tag uh, there in Oregon, actually. And he is 76 years old, and his goal is to shoot an elk with his bow. And I'm like, that's awesome right there. That's exactly what my, I would say, my mission with Mountain Physio is, is to keep people hunting until they're 76, until they're 86, 96, whatever it is. Like, And it's, and it's doable. Um, it's doable if you're doing the work right now and putting in the work and the time and the and the injury prevention and the training and the exercises and all those things, like it's doable. So it's, it was, that was pretty cool. I was pretty pumped about that. I wanted to tell you that. I think that's awesome. And I want to be like that when I grow up, like no joke, I don't really want to be on this earth if I can't chase bugles with a bow, which is like such a stupid statement. Like people are not going to relate to that. I under, I don't ask you to relate to me, but I literally am dead serious. Like I find a lot of joy in my entire world, because I'm training for something, I have a purpose besides faith and family is that elk hunting drives me to do all this other stuff. But um, good for you, man. Um, I wasn't surprised to hear you say the rotator cuff, like supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, subscapularis. You got it. Nailed it. Man, it's pretty good. <laughs> 22 years ago, I think I was an undergrad or grad student, but I, uh, I forgot a lot, buddy. Anyways, which one of those is the most susceptible for those micro tears where you're like, I think I need surgery. You go get an MRI, you go see doc and you're like, nah, I got you, dude. You don't need to be under the knife quite yet. Where are we most vulnerable? Where's the chink in our armor? Yeah, the chink is really the supraspinatus that has the most, um, the, the muscle on top of, um, the shoulder blade, basically the scapula there sits in that groove, the supraspinatus, infraspinatus, then subscapularis, then teres minor, um, probably okay. in that order. It depends also because a lot of times people, I'll see people who have a subscapularis, um, supraspinatus and subscapularis, mainly because if, like, if they fall or they reach to grab something, right? So if they're falling off something and they grab something, that can be a more of a subscap tear. Um, but other than that, uh, supraspinatus is probably the most common. Okay. So yeah. So whether it was acute or chronic, um, how do you get people to avoid it? I just don't want to have surgery, right? Like if I, if I need to have a doc go in and create some space or maybe I have, I don't know. I don't want to get into all the different types of shoulder surgeries. Cause there's like so many you can have done, but like bottom line, we want to avoid surgery at all costs. Let's say we have some tears like have you had a lot of success getting people to avoid going under the knife? Absolutely. Yeah. And there's some really good research. There was a good article that came out in um, February of this year, 2023, comparing, um, comparing basically physical therapy, conservative rehab to surgery with um, similar outcomes, same outcomes really. And so cuff tears, everyone thinks that a shoulder injury for a bow hunter is a rotator cuff tear. It's, I would say it's not always that oftentimes it has something to do with the rotator cuff, whether it's weak, um, and it's weak. So you're compensating in other muscles, particularly the bicep tendon. So that anterior pain in the shoulder. Um, so it's not always the rotator cuff, but it always has something to do with the rotator cuff. It seems like just because we need that muscle, we need the rotator cuff so much during the draw cycle for stability. Um, so to avoid really surgery, like, I guess I'd say the first step would to be if I see a rotator cuff or if I see a shoulder pain, like I'm not even thinking surgery at all. 
you got to try physical therapy. You got to try rehab. You got to try conservative care really for a good four months or so. And I would say for my own statistics and stuff, like when I see someone like that, it's like, oh yeah. And they come to me and they're like, I got a, you know, I got a rotator cuff tear here. What do you think? Oh yeah, we'll get you back shooting. I have no worry about that. Sometimes it does require a referral for me. And that's what I'm comfortable saying is like, Hey, maybe we need to kind of get you. And that's, that's, that's my, um, my job too, is, Hey, let's get you to a provider to do an injection. Like you said, maybe to open you up and get you a little space there, different shoulder, shoulder procedures, nine out of 10 times though, it's avoid shoulder surgery at all costs. And I'd say that's, that's not the number one goal there, a shoulder surgery. There's nothing. And, and surgeons want the same thing too. They want a candidate for surgery who is going to be a good candidate for surgery and not have, you know, re tears and things like that. If we can avoid that, if we can get people stronger, healthier going into it, then they're going to have better outcomes. But nine out of 10 times it's avoid shoulder surgery. Let's do some cuff work. Let's get you going. And we can really avoid surgery that way. It's pretty cool. I love that. And I encourage people. I mean, it's just so comforting to me to have someone like you who understands the trenches that I'm in and and my and my why and can get me back in action. Let me talk about two things with you. Let's talk about the uh, bicep tendon, which is weird, right? Like that's the easiest one I feel like to injure. That's the one I don't want to injure. I don't I mean, I'm worried about injuring it when I freaking deadlift. I mean, I've never I got to knock on wood, but like people do dumb shit and they and they tear that sucker and then you got to get it reattached. There's no, like, you just have to get it reattached, man. Or you don't, and you have, like, a weird-looking bicep, right? But um, tell us, the, what are the, how do we avoid messing up our bicep tendon? That attaches at, what, the AC joint? Where does it attach? It attaches to the uh, superior, glen- actually attaches to the labrum, the superior part of the glenoid, and the labrum sits there. So the labrum sits inside your shoulder. It's similar, uh, analogous, basically, to the meniscus in your knee. And so kind of like a shock absorber spacer there, it helps provide more stability. And so it attaches there. So that's where you gotta be very careful too of just any shoulder instabilities. Um, But the bicep tendon for sure, where I see it, um, I'll say 100% in archers is when people are shooting, I'm gonna say incorrectly, and I'm I'm gonna use those terms um, lightly as well, because there's a lot of variation of people, how they should shoot. Now there are some very specific ways of, this is what the professionals do. This is what, you know, this is what is taught. This is what should be done and everything from the biomechanical side of things. Um, where I see it though, I'm going to say this briefly is when people have their arm fully extended, they're now reaching with their release really far across their body. And they're doing one motion basically without kind of the typical pushing with your uh, bow arm and, and pulling with your, um, with your release, right? Pulling with your string arm. So when you see kind of this kind of push pull, it's all kind of, it works together. And that's how, that's how you do it. When you see someone with their arm fully extended, reaching fully across their body, it puts so much pressure and compression down on that bicep tendon that it creates this irritation and just repetitively doing that over and over causes, um, micro, uh, micro insults and injury. So how we prevent that a is good form B is, um, really actually a strong bicep tendon. So the stronger your bicep tendon, the less likely you're going to have some of those um, issues. And so some of the treatment really and exercises prevention is just good, heavy bicep curls, good form, and then rotator cuff um, stability. Does that kind of make sense there? Yeah. And and I'm glad you brought up ways to strengthen, but also ways to tear it. I mean, that's really what we're looking at. Um, yeah. I mean, some of the, some of these topics are super sexy to me just because so much, like so much of this is like, don't be on the sidelines. It sucks to be a spectator. I don't want to spectate. I want to participate. So talk, let's go back to the labrum a little bit. Cause you hear people be like, oh, I got an MRI. I got a 70% torn labrum you know, doc wants to have some surgery or whatever. So you said the labrum's like a spacer. I feel like that's a good analogy. Like that's what I, I mean, looking back at cadavers, it's been a long time and you have labrum in your hip, ball and sockets, man. We're talking, this is what they are, right? Um, yep. What's, uh, what's acceptable? What's pretty common wear and tear? Where do you draw the line? Is there any way to like, is there any best practices to prevent? How important is the labrum doc? 
Yeah, super important. <laughs> um, no, important. And in the fact that it provides more shoulder stability. So the shoulder joint is the most mobile joint in the body. It can move in 180 degrees in multiple planes. And um, so that labrum really kind of sits there to make sure that we have that stability. So if that is compromised, whether um, it was a slap tear, whether, you know, a Bankart lesion, anything like that, um, those are some of the different ones. Whether it's a tear like that, Typically, it's done from some sort of insult as far as like a shoulder subluxation or a shoulder dislocation. A lot of people get those two um, terms kind of coined differently. Um, so a subluxation isn't necessarily end-all, be-all. A dislocation isn't either. Dislocation typically needs to be relocated um, in the clinic. And so that's typically a good idea of, you know, if that happened, then potentially that's there. Again, if it's not giving people issues and not even just like clicking and popping, people will have some clicking and popping and clicking and popping in a shoulder or a knee or anywhere is really kind of a normal symptom. People who have it with a lot of pain and instability, lack, you know, unable to do the things that they love, shoot a bow, things like that. That's when it's like, yeah, we need to kind of begs the question of let's do an evaluation and, and look at that. So um, as far as as, um, sorry, as far as really preventing that and rehabbing that, it's a lot of, again, a good stability, cuff stability to that area. All right. We've talked about a lot of shoulders, right? We've talked about the really specific nitty gritty type instances. We've talked about prevention, but looking at it from like and practical, practical application, like, to me, it always comes down to application. Like how many times a week should we be doing injury prevention? Um, and that's the only, that's like, I'm going to call it prehab instead of rehab. We're going to try again. We don't want to see you, no offense, but we want to avoid seeing the doc and we don't, we don't, um, what are we talking frequency and, and maybe correlate it to the level of athlete or aged athlete as far as how often do you think somebody should do rotator cuff exercises, stability exercises, uh, whatever you want to call it. Like what kind of protocols are you delivering, man? And this is like, make this sexy because I feel like people are going to perk up. They're going to be like, okay, so what do I got to do? Yep. No, that's, that's a great question. And my recommendation, let me think about how I want to put this. When we're recovering from an injury, it's five, six days a week doing stuff like this. So people come to me, Hey, I've got the shoulder injury. What is it going on? We'll just say, for simplicity, rotator cuff, um, rotator cuff tendinosis. Okay. Five, six days a week, you're doing this. If we're trying to prevent that, then I want at least four days, three to four days a week of good stability, rotator cuff strengthening. Um, now it doesn't need to consume people's full day when they, when they do this or their training, you know, they don't need to go to the gym and spend an hour doing training on just the rotator cuff but they need to be doing some. And what that looks like is probably somewhere between five to 10, 15 minutes of just some good rotator cuff, good, some stability. Now, when we talk about that, if you look at some of the EMG data, this is where I really kind of geek out as well. It's like, we're looking at EMG data on what muscle is most active during specific exercises. There are a lot of really good ones that I'm not going to say are rotator cuff specific, like for instance, the military press, overhead press has super high values of all rotator cuff muscles. So you may do a little bit of band work to kind of warm up, get those muscles um, warm, blood pumping to them and things like that. And then you're doing some specific things like military press. Push-ups are another really good example of all muscles synergistically kind of contracting to really kind of stabilize that shoulder. Um, and there's a bunch of different ones, which are really fun, which is Again, um, what I kind of dive down into is like when people say, hey, you know, what do I need to be doing? Okay, if we look at where your shoulder is, these are the exercises that we want to point you in and stuff. So anyways, that's I think that answers your question. Yeah, dude. Um, So how about you, man? Like how many days a week do you work out? What kind of workouts are you doing? You look like a lean, mean, fit dude. (laughs) That is the kindest thing anyone's ever said. So I appreciate that. (laughs) No, I um, a lot of do a lot of times what I'm doing as far as in the gym, three, four days a week of just good shoulder rotator cuff stuff as well. I shoot my bow every day. Um, and so before shooting, I try to, I don't do this all the time, but I should 
do some specific like cuff strengthening and things like that. Just more of a good warm up. I really do believe in that. And so a few days a week, three, four days a week, I'm here, whether it's on the bench press, like I said, bench press, chest press, military press, uh, push-ups are all really good for the rotator cuff. Um, all your banded stuff. So your bands up at 90 degrees, those sorts of things. And then try to get out onto, um, for me, when I'm focusing on not just um, the shoulders in general, but try to get out a couple of days a week as far as hiking and getting elevation. I'm lucky I live here super close um, to the Wasatch Front where I can go for a hike and you know go for an hour, go for 45 minutes and really put a pack on and do some stuff like that. And so that's kind of what my fitness routine looks like as well. Then spending time with the family, man, it's busy. Life's busy, you know that. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to shift gears now, man. So we covered all that shoulder stuff and obviously you're a physio. So there's not shoulders are not where your specialty stops. Like, um, some of my best friends are physical therapists and, uh, I got a funny story. One of them, I tore my ACL, um, doing CrossFit back in the days when there wasn't that many people doing CrossFit. So I was really good. Um, the pond was small and, uh, I tore in a competition Second to last event. I was in first place, by the way. And this was to go to the the next, I think this was to go to the CrossFit Games. I can't remember. Anyways, I tore it. I knew something bad was happened. I finished the workout and went to, later that week, I went to sports medicine doctor. And he did his drawer test and all that. He's like, no, I don't think it's torn. Check the other one. He's like, yeah, you, you, your ACLs are really tight. Like, you're, everything's tight on you. Like, it's good. And then my buddy comes over and he's got a doctor in physical therapy and he does it. And he's like, that sucker's so not there. And I, uh, I met with the orthopedic surgeon. And then when he tested it, he made me definitely know it was not there the way he did it. And I was like, so we scheduled surgery. Long story store, uh, short is I did. I went elk hunting, had a really good elk season. Obviously I didn't schedule the surgery till after elk season um, and then I bailed on the surgery. I called the, my ortho was, is a bow hunter. And I called him and I'm like, bro, I, you, you told me I'm most likely going to have a lot of tendonitis after this thing. And, um, you said I could potentially rehab it. Well, I feel like I did. So I still haven't had that ACL fixed. Uh, but that was over 10 years ago. That's how old I am. Um, anyways, point of all that is physical therapists are smart. They don't just specialize in shoulder and hip. They do everything. My wife still works with a, with a physio, like on pelvic floor stuff, on knee stuff. I mean, her physio last week discovered that her left Achilles insertion is like a little bit bigger, like acute, like weirdly to compared to the other. Like she found compensations that my wife Alicia did not know she had. So I, I have a lot of respect. I'm trying to talk you up, man. I, I really vouch for what you guys do and the education. But none of that shit matters if you are going to be working for yourself and you suck at business. You could be the greatest physical therapist, but if no one knows about it. So let's talk about, let's end this podcast, brother, on some entrepreneurial stuff. Like, so you didn't go, did you go the route of working for yourself day one? Or did you go like the obvious route and see patients work in a group. What did you do? What's your story? Matthews Incorporated out of Sparta, Wisconsin. My go-to is a phase four 29. That's what I'll be using for the 2023 fall elk season just around the corner. If you're a little bit longer draw, check out the 33. Vortex Optics. Get your optics online and save some loot. Eurooptic.com. Discount code ELK10 takes 10% off. Onyx Hunt. Elite membership. All 50 states. Do your e-scouting. Get your 3D. Add your waypoints. Run your tracking. Drop a pin when you drop your bull discount code elk shape takes 20 percent off kufaru international running the tactical or the duplex light frame with the hoodlum or bedlam if you see me at a total archery challenge i'll probably run in the kufaru hip quiver made in the usa and i stand behind as the best frame on the market MagView gear made in america lifetime warranty no phone case access to all three cameras on your iphone or Android discount code ELKSHAPE 10% off. They also make attachments for binoculars so that you can do 
digiscoping proper. Wilderness Athlete, new discount code. We have several Elk Shape stacks. Click the link in the show notes. Discount code Elk Shape 2023. Crispy Boots, probably the new fancy boot of the year is the Brickstall Mountain GTX. I got a lot of miles with that. It's going to be my starter for the all-around mountain. Very light. Flex rating of a three or four, somewhere in there. Super dependable, all synthetic, very breathable. If you're not sure, you can always drop down to Laponia 2s. I stand behind them. Buck Knives, the Alpha Scout, the Alpha Hunter, the Pack Light options, all those are in my kill kit. Check it out, Buck, since 1902. Stealth Cam, cellular and non-cellular, 20% off. Use the discount code ElkShape20. Run that camera on 4K. 10% off discount code is ElkShape10. You can get multiple cams or just run one. You can choose several plans and be on your way getting transmissions. The new Deceptor has that on-demand mode, so you can hit a button and get a photo from your camera right on demand. It's pretty sick. Check it out. Marsupial, I'm running the Bino Harness. 10x42s, got the rangefinder pouch and pocket. Made out of Arizona. Jim's a good buddy of mine. I think it's the best Bino Harness on the market. New to you guys, but not new to me. Born Primitive. They've been making workout gear in the CrossFit scene and fitness space for a long time. They have a military background. They also hired Aaron Snyder to consult to make their outdoor line, and I've been running it, well, for the last six months behind the scenes. I had all the samples. I'm committed. I'm going for it, so I am running Born Primitive. Click the link in the show notes to see what lineups I run, not only on the workout side of things, but also in the field. It's pretty exciting for me to see a big fitness company get into the hunting space, and I want to support them. Vacuum e-bikes discount code Elkshape takes $300 off, and of course, if you are buying gear, discount code Elkshape, 10% off at blackovis.com. Back to the podcast. I think I've always had that mindset of that entrepreneurial um, mindset. From when I was young, mowing lawns here in my home neighborhood, right? Um, I had a a business called Odd Jobs Are Us. So no one take that, but that was, that's what it was when I was about six years old, (laughs) walking around people's windows saying, Hey, let me, let me wash your windows, you know, things like that. So I've always kind of had that mindset. And so when I was in the shop, started this, um, had this idea, this light bulb go off, I say of people complaining of shoulder pain, this guy saying, Hey, I'll never be able to shoot my bow again. It was kind of really actually a more like a, dang, that's very, that's sad that you're thinking you're never gonna have to do that. And no offense to shooting a crossbow, but he's like, I'm gonna have to pick up a crossbow. And I was like, Oh man, that is, you know, that's terrible. I've shot it. And there's no, again, no offense to that. So as I sat there, I'm like, someone's gotta be doing this. So I've always had that mindset of like, Yes, I've got to do that. So I found kind of that that niche, we'll say, and then dove into it. And so, um, yeah, basically that's where that's where I'm at today is is diving into that. And so what I am excited about with this practice is it's growing so much as I go to these events and things like that. Um, seeing the need for it, hired other therapists across the country to really to really basically um, expand this as well to more in-person um, areas. And so there's a lot of growth there. I have a lot of ha- a handful of therapists reach out to me, say, Hey, we want to do something with you. Like what you're doing is really cool. And so I'd say from a entrepreneurial mindset, like that's always where I'm headed is like, what's the next step. And um, we, we are working on something really cool, a really cool idea as far as getting information to um, bow hunters specifically and archers as well to keeping them healthy and, and like I say, injury free to really work on that sport performance side of things. Uh, we think of, you know, archery hunting, right. Bow hunting as um, a sport. And I think we've really seen that shift as far as people training all the time. And so um, making that um, shift there and really for focusing on performance is where I'm, is where I'm headed. But with that, some really cool things in mind and in store that we're working on um, as far as getting some good content to people as well. And so I'm pretty excited about that. That's going to be coming here. Gosh, should be soon. I'm hoping by the Hunt Expo, we have a lot of that um, to be able to um, show showcase and stuff like that. So That's it? That's all you're going to tease us with? You're not going to tell us, uh, oh, we're starting an app? Uh, it's okay. Some of that's part of that, exactly. It's not just an app, though, man. Um, but yeah, part of that, some good content, some videos, things like that, some instructions. And so I think that's going to do it. Like I said, my goal is to keep people hunting until they're 70, 80, 90 years old. And so it's going to be part of that recovery piece, injury prevention piece. But as far as the the business side of go, things go, um, I appreciate you talking me up and stuff. It, it really means a lot, but I, yeah, I, I love what I do. Honestly, love what I do. Um, I do some work 
I've done a lot of work and research up at the University of Utah at the hospital up there. Um, did done a lot of stuff with the ACL specific team up there actually. So ACLs are also something that I love working with. I think they're a super fun population. Shoulders. Um, I do some mentoring right now at the a VA hospital um, here in Salt Lake as well, and do some instruction right there for some of the residents, the orthopedic residents and stuff. So kind of in multiple places right now, but um, it's going really well. And we're excited where Mountain Physio specifically is going. I love it. Um, are you guys a cash-based business? Yep. Yep, we are. So when I say that we're cash pay, we do work with insurances. A lot of people think, oh, that's, you don't work with insurances. I do work with insurances. Um, and so cash pay, we can oftentimes work through insurances though, as well as they do accept um, some, some cash pay services that way. Yeah, dude, I got this idea um, and I'm going to spit it to you live. I don't, I don't do the offline conversations. I'm like Mr. Transparent to a fault. So I did a video a couple years back, maybe three years ago. God, I don't even remember the title of it, Preston, but it was like, I can't remember, but it was something like increase your bow, bow draw strength or something. Uh, it's a banger. It's got, a, I don't know, I bet it's got 100,000 views or more. I want to make a new one. I want you to fly into Spokane and do it at my gym. But we got to think of the title. This is me showing you my YouTube cards. I start with the title. Then I start with the thumbnail. And then I make the video, okay? Because that's what you have to do nowadays. It's very competitive. But I think with my strength and conditioning background, and I'm decent on camera, I bet you are too. You come up here and we'll make one, two, or three videos, whatever you whatever you want to do, and we'll figure out a series, and it's all gonna be free. We're gonna we're giving away the good shit, but we'll also create more of an appetite for folks to want to learn more, especially when they're in the trenches and they need you. I wanna do it because I want it done proper, and those things live on for years. Like I still will get comments on that video daily. Uh, and I made that thing three years ago and I don't remember what I said to do. So I'd like to do a 2.0. I think you and I should do it. And I'm just selfish. I want you to come up to my gym and film it. And um, let me know what you think, man, because I think that would be a banger and it would obviously help your brand. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I uh, Absolutely. I'm, I'm down. We're going to talk about that when we can because um, – I've done, I have a YouTube channel as well, and I'm not as good at the YouTube um, space as you are, but that's where I think we could definitely help each other as well. Um, I've done some really good videos on, one of one of my best videos is like how to draw your bow back correctly from a physical therapy standpoint, um, which is kind of more like that, you know, that clickbait stuff, but yes, but it was also very important and, and, it, and, it, and it gets to the point of what you need to do and people click on it and it's a really good video. And so it's really fun to, to see same thing. I've done something and I have that specific. So what you're talking about is how to increase your draw weight. And I have a specific protocol of what I call arrow dosing. So um, from a physical therapy standpoint, I say arrow dosing, how many arrows are we shooting this day? How many arrow arrows are we shooting this day? When is our rest day? What are the exercises in between look like? And I have that all written down on like a six, eight week program and stuff like that, which has been really cool. I work with a lot of um, clients on that specifically who are shooting, you know, these lower poundages, poundages 45, and they want to go up to 55 or 60. And so I think it's there. We could do something really cool there for sure. Hmm, I like that. I almost don't want, I don't want to give away. I don't like giving away the, like, I want a paywall for you, but I also like giving away just enough. So maybe we do like 21 days to, I don't know, 10 pounds on your draw weight, whatever the numbers, whatever. We'll think of the title, but also I want to guarantee them they're going to hold their bow steadier. I can't guarantee they're going to make a good shot execution and not punch the trigger, but I want to guarantee them that that bow arm will have muscles, bones stacked on stacked to up their odds of, you know, robotic repeatability. Um, so I don't know. Guys, you heard it here first. Pester at Mountain underscore physio on Instagram to fly to Spokane with Dan the Fitness Man and to do a one, two, or three part We'll do it proper, and then we'll also provide a link to that next step that they can take. I don't want anything for it. I just want to make the assets for it to live on and to help people, and I think it would be cool to collaborate with you. 
I love it. Um, yeah, as far as we're coming up on September before September or after September. Oh, I mean, if we prioritize that, I don't mind if we do it in a day, like fly in, fly out. Yeah. We'll bring your bow too. We'll shoot, we'll work out, but I could do it before. Um, I'll be at TAC to, I thought TAC was next week. I just found out literally yesterday that I'm going to TAC this week. I was like, holy crap. So I'm terrible, man. Today's my 14th anniversary and I'm podcasting with you. I'm, I'm like, I'm a loser guys. No, not really. I'm sorry, Alicia. He had to talk with me and he's not on a date with you right now. We're going afterwards, but no, man, I think we could do it. But I'm also, I'm one of those guys like, I'll make you schedule it for after season and put it on the calendar because I, it'll get, we'll both lose sight of it. And I know how important that would be. And it would also be a good asset to help you grow your business as you, I don't know. There's another guy that I'm friends with and he came to one of my elk shape camps and archery strong. I think his name's Christian. Christian. Yeah. Christian. Good guy for sure. Have you guys met? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have. Yeah. No, I like Christian a lot. Um, puts out some great content as well. Very good content. Um, and he and I have spoke spoken okay love that guy to death too really good dude he is one of the best olympic weightlifters i've ever met and and he never posts any of that kind of content but you guys should watch him spin a spin a barbell holy like the dude can out snatch me he can out clean a jerk and he don't look like it so he's really technical but is he he's not a physical therapist right no um no i don't know i don't know without yeah, watching what his title is exactly. I don't know exactly. I don't know what he is, um, whether he's a trainer, whether he's got some other degree as kinesiologist or anything like that. Um, great information, great content, great videos, great Instagram handle, everything. Yeah, and he's like really that cool in real life. Um, I didn't know if you guys got a chance to connect and, and compare notes. Hopefully, uh, maybe you saw him at like a TAC in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure. Have you? Did you go to TAC in Pennsylvania? No, I didn't do TAC Pennsylvania, but um, I've reached we've I've reached out to him before, and we've we've shared contacts and information and stuff like that, and shared um, clients that way. So yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's a small network. Um, well, lastly, man, like you didn't get any crazy elk tags or whatever, but um, for your training, for your personal training and your drive, how old are you, Preston? I'm thirty five. Do you feel like you're in the best shape you've ever been in? I don't. Um, no, I don't. When did you feel like you were, I guess, invincible is what the word we use? Well, oh man, when was I invincible? Man, now I like, shoot, compete with, you know, nephews and things like that and getting beat. And I'm like, what in the heck happened to me? I used to be, you know, what was cool, actually. Fourth of July, I did a gainer off the second platform at Lava Hot Springs, freaking stuck that thing twice in a row so good and i was i was so happy about that but then i do something else and i'm like dang my hip flexor is hurt and whatever like my hamstrings hurt but i was pretty cool after that actually i was pretty pumped about that um but when was i when did i feel that way gosh i'd say i know the answer is roughly like 26 27 when people are like at their kind of prime right there and just actually even from like a cognitive mental standpoint like frontal lobe, if we're talking brain is really now developed and stuff like that at 26, 27. And so I want to say that, um, but I don't think so because I was running last year, preparing for this season, had the good Wasatch front archery tag here, training a lot. And it's true. Like if you have a good tag, if you have a lot of tags, or if you have a good tag, like you're, I'm one of those guys. And I know you are too. You're going to put more effort into it this year, not having any, I'm like, well, this year, I guess I'm focusing on business. And so I don't have any problem coming up there to Spokane. I'm like, and it'll be fun, but I'd much rather be chasing elk and stuff like that or training for that. And so that's been tough this year. Um, so I'd say last year, I felt really good, super confident going to the season. I was hiking. I was, you know, training. I was hiking three, four times a week, doing two, 3,000 vert, like doing some really good training and stuff like that. Um, and really just scouting. And I felt really good. This year, I haven't done that as much. Like I said, I've been putting a lot more time. I've been traveling like crazy to all these TAC events, and it's been it's been tough. Um, so I'd say that maybe last year, I was feeling really good. I'd say this year, though, more than ever, it seems like every year my shooting ability gets better. I feel so much more confident right now shooting. And it's the little things that you're 
that I'm tweaking and stuff like that. I don't, oh man, did I see this from you recently? I might have about shooting with just recently shooting with both eyes open. And that was like a really big thing that changed up a lot of my shooting and stuff and my, just my ability to be precise. And um, I work with the USA archery team and do a lot of stuff with them and some of the shooters. And I'm like, Oh yeah, shout out to both eyes open. They're like, you haven't been doing that all along. I'm like, Oh, well no. And it's like, so good things that way. Um, so I feel very good. Like, I feel like my shooting right now is I'm, is on point. Like I'm, I'm shooting. Well. I and mean, maybe it's more like the bow and the side and everything is just super dialed and I'm feeling confident, but even my just ability to shoot and hold and really good form and not punch the trigger and stuff is, is really, is really on point right now. So I think there's bits and pieces physically. I think last year I was feeling great. Um, from a, from a physical uh, side of things, I guess, as far as shooting, like I'm feeling super good right now. So anyways, I don't know if that answers. I love that. I want to end with this. I want to look at last year's uh, ruck fest two or three times a week. Do you think, cause dude, you could be a strength and conditioning guy if you're a physical therapist, but a strength and conditioning guy can't be a physical therapist. That's my, I said it. Um, Did you mix up the loads? Did you time? or test your intensity durations. Like I'm a numbers guy. I like having some things like maybe list off rattle, a couple ideas of things you did, because this podcast is going to drop with enough couple of weeks before season for guys to try a couple things before it's go time. Yeah. So as far as intensity and stuff goes, we got, this is where, again, I think it's super interesting from an injury uh, standpoint is how much load are you how much load is recommended in a, in a backpack, really in a ruck, you know, whatever it is. Um, and how long before season should you be hitting that peak? We'll say similar to like a, a marathon. If you're running for a marathon, you want to hit that peak typically two, three weeks before that, and then kind of taper off. Right. So you want to hit that peak. So oftentimes you want to train over that with a pack specifically, they recommend somewhere between like 20 and 30% of your body weight that it shouldn't exceed that for a few, for a few day hunt, which is pretty normal. I mean, for golf, you know, that could be anywhere between for most individuals, most, most men will say, um, anywhere between 40, 60 ish pounds, we'll say. Um, so you're like, yeah, I could go do a, you know, I could go do a two day, three day, you know, hunt, for 40 pounds. Well, that's a very hard to get that gear down that light to be able to do that, especially if you're carrying water and everything like that. And so when I'm thinking about training and stuff like that, as far as intensity, I'm saying, okay, let's use a percentage of your body weight. Um, if you're three, four weeks before season, I want you to be training at what you would say, even over your, um, expected weight that you're going to be carrying in your pack. So let's say it's 60% or gosh, let's say it's 60 pounds. So maybe you're, you're training at 60 pounds or 75 pounds in that ruck. And then, so come hunting season and even weeks before, so one or two, or really like I said, two to three weeks before you're now down into that 60 pounds, 50 pounds, 40 pounds, so that you're not again, creating too much stress for your body right before season to cause an injury. And so that's kind of, those are the numbers that I think about. Um, when I was doing it last year, a lot of times my pack would vary in between 30, um, and 50 pounds and kind of do that. And so I like those numbers, um, again, for my size, body weight, uh, that's kind of what I do. And I'm based things off of, based a lot of things off of body weight. I'm going to say one thing, cause I just thought about this the other day, um, that, my big focus when I'm training and stuff. So cardiovascular is huge, um, for, for Western hunting, right. And just being fit that way as well as strength, I'm going to say, but a lot of strength through that lateral and posterior chain hip girdle and stuff. And so I do a lot of focus on that to prevent, um, prevent injuries and things like that. So anyways, posterior chain deadlifts, those sorts of things are good. Well, that's, that's interesting to hear you kind of write those percentages of body weight. I like that. Um, the last thing I'm going to add to that is we do at discomfort app, which is something that I program the workouts. That's all I do for that. It's, a it's elk hunting, basically training program is we do like ruck intervals. We also do a ruck slow. We also do a ruck fast on a ruck fast day. It's not, it's like 10% of your body weight. It's like light and fast and you're measuring the ruck slow. That's going to be the 25, 30% body weight, not very far, 
not quite simulating a pack out, but definitely taxing soft tissue, everything. And then the intervals, that's going to be somewhere in that actual what you're going to carry. I personally try to not have a heavy backpack. Like, I don't do a lot of bivy hunting. I'm going to put my entire camp on my back, hunt all day, and then when I run out of daylight or when I'm done hunting, I'm going to just sleep wherever I end up. I've done that a few times, and I actually, I'm so slow, I don't feel like I'm a predator. I do a little bit of backcountry, and it's usually like a spike, where I'm spiking out, like a drop a camp off somewhere, shaving some miles, whatever. But truthfully, like, I run really light, man, like 35, 40 pounds. Like, I should be carrying a DSLR camera, a lens or two, a way better tripod than I do that's heavy. I just want I just want to kill an oak, so I don't do any of that. You know what I mean? Like I, I avoid all that. But um, man, it's been cool talking to you. I knew we'd I knew we'd have some cool things to chat and and pick your brain about. Um, this is that time of a lot of podcasts where like, where can people follow you? Well, guys, read the show notes. I'm gonna put his Instagram in there. If you want to get a hold of him, message him there. Do you want people to have your number? Um, I have my number on my website. Yes, if people want my number, it's on my website. My website's the best way probably to get a hold of me because you can perfect message me right from there. That's just www.mountainphysio.com. So mountainphysio.com. You have my numbers on there, my contact information, my email. You can um, email me, my administrator, all things like that. Um, and it comes to me, I'll answer those emails. Um, so that's the best way of getting a hold of me, but absolutely. Mm, that's cool, man. Well, I hope this helped people out. And guys, be on the lookout because we're going to do a collab and we're going to crush it. It's going to be awesome. Remember, separation's in the preparation, y'all. Catch you on the next one friends thanks for listening mountain physio dr ward thank you for your time um you did a great job and i am serious i hope that we do get our schedules lined up in october fly up to spokane and help me create a couple of assets that will truly benefit the archery community the community that both of us love and is dear near to our heart guys september is around the corner i know because uh i can feel it in the mornings when i wake up it's gonna get a little crispier daylight's gonna start dwindling velvet's gonna start coming off and those bugles are gonna start ripping i hope you're ready for the season separations in the preparation we'll catch you on the next one